1: hello, hello, welcome to this episode of On Farm, the Food, Agriculture and Rural Matters podcast. You're joining me for the final episode of this series. We're going to take a summer break after this one and come back to you uh, towards the end of August basically. So this is Monty for this episode and today we're in partnership with the Scottish Government to talk to you about carbon audits and
2: soil sampling, something increasingly important in today's farming world. In Scotland and, and, and in the in, in the UK, livestock farmers are, are, are renowned, for are being great at looking after life. There's one living thing that we sometimes tend to forget about, and that is the living thing under our feet, and it's the soil. And it's the soil that grows our grass or grows our crops, and that's what we need to look after.
1: That was Giles Henry, who's the main guest on this episode. And Giles farms link cattle down at Oakwood Mill near Selkirk. We're going to hear, as I say, much more from Giles later because we paid him a visit for a chat about all of this soil sampling and carbon auditing stuff. <laughs> I feel a bit guilty, you're cutting a, a square out of this lovely grass.
2: <laughs> well, one thing we can grow apart from, uh, from grass is stones. So. Ah, yes. <laughs> we'll get there,
1: we'll honey. But before we get to Giles, we need to give you some background on policy and the Scottish Government side of things. So here with me to help with that is our own farm
0: producer, Dave hi Monty yeah it's a really big subject this one isn't it and we we know from all the people we've been speaking to recently that it's very much in people's minds and people's conversations how to I guess farm more sustainably this is just one aspect of that isn't it but just a bit of background earlier this year so we're talking about may 2022 the scottish government announced track one of its national testing program or ntp uh, and that's called preparing for sustainable farming they say the aim of that this kind of new support is to help farmers crofters and land managers to prepare to meet the future conditions of agricultural policy and support
1: yeah I, i i get that dave because really you know we hear um that you know future support mechanisms could all be based on on how we look after the soils and the environment etc but what what does it
0: mean in practice and and what you know how is it going to shape up so what we've heard from the scottish government is the preparing for sustainable farming scheme provides funds government money basically to carry out carbon audits and soil sampling on your land Uh, it's all geared towards in their words having a resilient food system by supporting farmers and crofters to produce more of our food more sustainably. Essentially, you can get a payment of £500 towards having a carbon audit performed for your business. That's if you don't already have one or if you've not had one done in the last three years. Soil analysis funding is also available But in order to access that, you have to confirm that you've already done a carbon audit. So really, the funding for the carbon audit comes first. And if you've got that in place, you can also then get help with your soil analysis.
1: I'm going to guess that um, for most of the farming listeners to this podcast, this is all actually going to be good news because I know, again, from from chats and, 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 and what have you, that this is something that farmers need to do, they want to do. They want to be on top of this because, well, for various reasons, environmental sustainability, but also to meet the requirements of their buyers, etc. So it's it's all going to be welcome. But there is also a wee bit of kind of, you know, what does it actually mean if I've never done it before, etc. And we're going to come on to that. But the nuts and the bolts of the scheme that Dave's been talking about, basically, if you want to take advantage of the offer of help from ScottGov, you have to be a farming or crofting business. You have to have your active business reference number. Anyone who has a um, rural payments login for their existing schemes will have all of that already. But don't worry, we'll put a link to more information in the details for this episode. You'll find that in your podcast player. Right, that's the intro. So on with the main part of today's episode now. I went to visit Gels Henry at Oakwood Mill. And as you'll hear, he's a big fan of both carbon audits and soil sampling.
2: Here we are at Oakwood Mill, just outside Selkirk, lying in the Ettrick Valley. The farm is actually adjacent to the meetings of the Ettrick and Yarrow rivers. We rise from 450 feet above sea level up to 1,180 feet. We're all, well, intend to be by the end of this uh, autumn anyway, all grass uh, farm. We have uh, 70 ling cows producing calves, uh, heifers either for our own uh, use or uh, selling on for breeding and all our steers are finished for Dovecote Park. We also bring in or buy in steers from other organic producers to finish uh, through the summer. They come here as yearlings and go away at 18, 19 months of age. We're just the, the finishing factory, as it were. And you've grown a bit of grass. We're growing a bit of grass. Yeah, uh, it's, good. Been this, it's been a totally different season from the last two springs, anyway. Yeah. You know, we've just had grass right from day one.
1: So we're here today because we're looking at soils and carbon. There's a new Scottish Government incentive out to encourage farmers the new scheme anyway to encourage farmers to audit their carbon and to sample their soils that all maybe sounds a little bit like "Mm, where do we start with that you know is this just another scheme that I might apply for or I might get nowhere with and how do I do it etc that might all sound a wee bit difficult but actually we wanted today to look at what it means from the farmer's point of view, and that's why we're here with Giles Henry because he's been doing that sort of thing for a, for a long time. Giles, you've been on the soil sampling and carbon auditing
2: for a while now. We have. We've um, we've, we've done now done three carbon audits, uh, two through the Beef efficiency Scheme and one prior to that. You know, and we've been soil sampling, basically soil sample every year. We do a quarter of the farm sampled every year and that allows us just to to stay on top of uh, the pHs and also just see where we are, P's and K's, calcium, magnesium. We always do, you know, we do about five fields, uh, but we always do one field, uh, a complete soil analysis on it, right down to micronutrients and everything, soil carbon, organic matter, and that just gives us an idea of where we are and where we're going. But to have a scheme like we just, to, you know, that's being put forward to us now. It's farming good practice, you know, and we're going to get paid to do it. So, you know, what's not to like? Surely it's just soil. It's just muck.
1: It's not. In, you know, I'm not. I, that, yeah, that's not my thought. No, but you no, know, I'm yeah, going yeah, to throw no, that yeah, at you. Yeah, yeah.
2: In Scotland and, and, and in the in the UK, livestock farmers are, are are renowned are being great at looking after life. You know, whether it's cattle, sheep, hens, pigs whatever the british stockman is world renowned but there's one living thing that we sometimes tend to forget about and that is the living living thing under our feet and it's the soil and it's the soil that grows our grass or grows our crops and that's what we need to look after in order to go forward especially with the difficulties there are come to us you know with with cost of of inputs etc
1: Yeah, you know, obviously i am i am being flippant but it is probably a true thing to say that it's not so much now, but go back 20 years, go back 10 years even, there wasn't really a lot of thought given to what was beneath the, the, the crop
2: as it were on the average farm. No, very little because you know, the inputs allowed them to make up what they required in the way of nutrients for their crop out of a bag or out of a drum and it was easy to do and it, and it, in reality it was fairly cheap
1: just we will throw more fertilizer on or it's a bit of tough ground that so we'll just throw more diesel at it wearing metal at it that's we'll we'll sure. you that's know we'll beat it at a submission with a power yeah. harrow or we'll, yeah. whatever actually we're all a bit more switched on now we're all realizing that that's not the way to do things we're all struggling with the rising cost of inputs in fact we're, we, we don't even know what the cost of inputs are going to be next month never mind next season no. that's the scary thought the so really this this new scheme from Scottish government is about allowing farmers to take a wee bit of control is that fair to say you know yeah. do you feel more in control because you know what's yeah. below your feet yeah we,
2: we are and we know you know what we can do and what we can't do and also whether we need to to rest fields a bit more if, if, if we're running into a, a, a problem with them or, or whether we can maybe tighten some of the grazing up so we're putting a, a bit more natural manure you know onto a certain area you know and, and make use of that in the best way we can so
1: What's been happening here then in this field? We've got we've got some cows and calves, as we say. We've got you're saying you know just six weeks old cows and calves. A good bite of grass for them with clover, rotationally grazed. What's what's happening here in terms of the soil?
2: Well, in here, this this is this is five year grass in here, you know, and it's still giving us a tremendous eat. Um, you know, we're on a, a a 21 day rotation here, eight paddocks grazed for three days, and then the Cows moved on, and then they then they just come back round again. You know, by the time you know these cows and calves came into here yesterday morning, you know uh, they'll have another day in here, and they'll move on to the next paddock. And that's just giving them a good amount of grass to eat at the right quality. And then once we start to put maybe a bit of pressure on the grass, the cattle are getting moved on. Therefore we're taking that pressure off for 21 days it allows the grass to re-establish itself put down even more roots into the ground and to keep growing it's an interesting
1: thing isn't it because you know we're here in we're in a traditional if you want to could say that yep. livestock area yep, definitely... what size is this actual field in the whole in its entirety this field that we're standing in this is eight hectares so it's eight hectare field we're standing in an eight hectare field kind of on a hillside it's 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 not a sort of easy square field that's divided up and you've got cows and calves on here that you know in this field you would maybe have a couple of cows per hectare or whatever it might be with calves and let them be and that's it but you probably have to fertilize the ground you'd probably have to worry that actually it's when it's drying out it's not growing grass it's not you know it's not performing and it's whatever but you, by making the grass work, this is just my interpretation yep. of, of, of what you're saying, but making the grass in each different square of the field work harder for a set amount of time yep, yep. and then rest it, yep. you get far
2: more yeah, out, get out far of more, the entirety of the field. Far more yeah. production. You know, we reckon we're getting 30% more production off our acres. Right. by what we're doing with the rotational grazing. But we're also looking after the soil with that. Well, I
1: was going to say because this. Because it's
2: getting a rest. Yeah. And, and in the, the previous, you know, two or three late springs we've had, you know, if we'd put these these cows and calves into here in the 1st of April, as, we, as these ones have done this year, this field would have been cleared by the middle of April and there wouldn't be any growth I gave it back in here and until late into May because you know the April the last two Aprils uh previous to this have been that that cold and yeah. and, and there just hasn't been growth and th- this field would taken off and we'd be worrying what we what the cow was going to eat to put milk in the bag to feed yeah. these calves whereas now you know I know that in you know in 21 days time when they come back into here there's going to be a good amount of grass again for them to keep milk on these cows. But help me compute this. Help
1: our listeners compute this. You get the maximum out of this field because you've divided it up and you get the maximum out of each little square. But surely to do that you're actually sucking more out of the soil. You're, you're, you're using up what the soil's got to offer in a very intensive time and you're Help me to get yes, this right. Then, you're, you're basically, yeah, are, you know, you're, you're, you're mining the soil, yeah, as it were, yeah, you know? Yeah,
2: where we are, but it's getting a, a, a chance. You, you know, if, if you eat this right down to its bare, yep. you know, it's got no solar panels mm-hmm. in, in order to push roots down yep. because you've eaten all the solar panels,
1: Yeah,
2: right? If, if this field was getting grazed really low, the leaves or the solar panel is disappearing. And therefore, you know, the plant gets its energy from the sun, from yeah. daylight, photosynthesis. But it needs leaf to do that, it needs its solar panel. So the more solar panel you've got, it can then put that, some of that energy into getting down and putting more roots down to get hold of, 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 of more nutrients to keep those solar panels going.
1: And essentially, actually, more roots equals more organic yeah, matter basically
2: equals yeah, more carbon more into car- the soil yeah, which more, is what yeah, we're going to come on which to is, yeah there's more carbon and with the more roots you have it's, it's opening the soil up so the water's getting into the soil rather than the water running off you know down the side of the field or whatever or into drains it's getting down into the soil and then the soil you know the soil root matter can can then hold that moisture as well so it's a win-win you know uh, on, on both sides
1: so it's a, it's a win-win in terms of the plant and it's a win-win in terms of the soil but it's still very important that you understand the impact you're having on the soil and yeah. you, that you can assess that and that you can keep on top of that so that it helps you make decisions so that's that's where soil sampling comes in yeah, yeah? and yeah. You've, you've been involved in soil sampling no. for a number of years oh, now, as you, been, say.
2: you know we've been soil sampling here for 25 years and we do that on a rotational basis around the farm five fields every year we're basically 20 fields, so so we're around uh, in, in that time. And we can see what we have in the terms of pH, P's, K's, magnesium and calcium. And then one of those fields we'll do a, a complete soil analysis on. And that's going right down to micronutrients in the soil, carbon capture and also organic matter. Like,
1: Give me an idea of, I suppose, a kind of cost-benefit, um, idea of that, you know, we're we're talking about the new government scheme where you can apply for funding to, to do the soil sampling, but give me an idea because you've been doing it off your own back for as you say 20 25 years. Give me an idea of 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 the annual cost to doing this quarter of the farm, as it were, and and, and what you benefits you see get it coming from that.
2: We're probably spending uh, at the moment about. Uh, 200 to 250 pounds uh, a year on, on soil sampling you know that main sample we do that going right down to the micronutrients you know that's costing us nearly 90 pound for, for just for that one field but we're not doing you know the, the whole lot of that so you know between our time of doing that and, and getting the samples back and analysis and everything it's costing us between 200 and 250 pounds which for us when we're not putting any uh you know artificial manure on with being organic you know that allows us to just to, to see that you know we can make use of the animals on the farm to maybe try and balance up some of anything we're missing out on but what we have found over the years is that you know we're keeping our phs between 6.2 and 6.5 and what we tend to find on this farm apart from one or two uh Uh, difficult fields uh, as we may call them if the pH is that level the p's and k's tend to look after themselves
1: it's almost you know at that sort of level of cost it's almost a negligible cost for the benefits that you're probably getting in terms of maintaining potential in in grass growth and and and, and forage crop growth and what have you
2: yeah it it, it is uh, this year for the first time we've actually done some uh soil sampling uh using gps Mm -hmm. this is so we can uh so we can use variable sp- spreading of lime. Yeah. So we, we've identified areas uh, in every field where, for one reason or another, maybe where stock lie longer, or where there's been a, you know, something in the past in that field, where the, uh, you know, P's and K's can vary over the whole field. By using variable spreading, we can probably s- save ourselves. Probably, if we were buying a hundred ton in a normal year. You know, by doing variable spreading, we could only probably just get away with with 80 ton, yeah, yeah. Uh, because of the variable yeah, spreading.
1: Yeah. So again, it's just a, just another way of looking at it and, and, and using kind of technologies etc. to to yeah. make things a bit more efficient. That's right. That's You've brought your spade with us, Giles, and do you want oh, to just have a wee prod around yeah. and, and and have a look? Because I tell you one thing that I'm that I'm interested in, and when you talk about life. I think the first indicator of that is, is, is wriggly worms and what have you, isn't yep. it? So, whenever we won't have a wee look and see what's actually in this field. One
2: thing we can grow. Um as feel a bit
1: up. guilty you're cutting a, a square out of this
2: lovely grass. <laughs> well, one thing we can grow apart from uh, from grass is stones. So. Ah, yes. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get this turned over.
1: Here's a worm there, that's a big one
2: big worm that's yeah be mm-hmm. a fairly old worm that yeah i was getting there's a there's a younger one now yeah you know we take a spade with us quite a lot just to see or well, what our soils like in various fields especially if we're having problems but you know as soon as you see this you know we're getting vertical cracks yep so that's good because you're the, the roots are getting down and water infiltration will be good you know occasionally you get there's a bit there, a bit horizontal, which you don't really want. But you know, we smell it as well, and you want it smelling fresh. You don't want it smelling um, sour, and, sour and
1: yeah, yeah, and, and it, it smells of nice soil.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's just what no we need. Has you it has and there's you know there's probably yeah. what four, five inches of root depth. How long has this grass been down? It's five years. Yeah, yeah, Got a lot of root mass in that. Yeah, no, but that's you know that's just what we're looking for. You know, if these roots are getting down, we've seen over the years, you know, some of my neighbours have often said, you know, "Oh, you seem to have greener fields than than other people have, Giles, and I said, well, I think it's because, you know, because we're not putting nutrients on the top, you know, the crop's having to look for nutrients, and the roots go deeper to to get the nutrients, they're also getting the moisture as well, and we just tend to say a bit bit greener, it kind of saves us in the drill. I'll just shove them stones underneath.
1: You know, on that when you see stones like that, and you you can see where we are on the edge of kind of more sort of heather hills and what have you. Your soil is quite thin. Yeah, you know, we're not talking about oh, no. about deep, deep topsoil and no. and and what have you. So yeah. you're really needing to look after and get the most from that sort of top yeah. five, six inches
2: really, aren't yeah, you? We are. You know, we've got to look after that. You know, because. You know, the number of so- stones that we can lift, you know, if we're re senior field, we can probably lift 20 ton of stones because you want to lift them, you don't want them. Yeah, you
1: Keep, keeps you fit, just <laughs> <laughs> So, carbon audits, then because carbon's the next stage, isn't it? You know, soil sampling and your soil sampling for all the things you're talking about and, 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 and pH in, in particular, but it really all comes down to. When we're really looking at sort of sustainability in agriculture and agriculture and, and these new government schemes to encourage us to be more sustainable, it comes down to what we're doing with carbon and yeah. if, we're, if we're capturing carbon, if we're sequestering carbon, it's it's all about that. And you've been involved in that as well, yeah, haven't you?
2: Yeah, we have. You know, we've done th- three carbon audits over the years. We did two within the, the beef efficiency scheme, but we did one prior to that uh, a number of years ago. You know, just to see just to see where we were really. All our carbon auditing has been done through an SAC uh, programme called Agricolk. And I think this is the, the, the main one that seems to be taken on by agriculture up and down the UK now. Within that, you put into uh, what you're producing in the, in the way of, uh, of animals on the farm. And then you also have to put in the number of hectares you have. In our case, number of hedges as well. Also, you know, if you're, if you're buying in products onto the farm that has to be taken into account of how they've been produced or where they've come from and then it, also if you're selling produce off the farm it take, that's all taken into account so, so anything that's got a, a, a carbon footprint as it were is all put into a, this calculation and then you end up at the end of the day with the kilos of carbon that you're either positive or negative uh, within your business
1: Was it painful to do?
2: It wasn't painful to do it took maybe three hours because, you, you know, you just have to go through the, the system. You also, you know, you need to know what you're bringing in, what you're taking off, etc. So, but, it, you know, it's not, it just, it's just a, an exercise. And once you've got it all in there set up, you know, unless you're changing uh, your system or changing stock numbers radically you know you can just keep updating it you know if you're you know if you're planting more hedges or in case the landowners are putting woods in or whatever you know you can update it once it's there
1: my understanding of this is that i think you know in the future there's indications that you know scottish government and and future sort of support mechanisms etc are all going to be almost carbon auditing and looking after yourselves almost like a prerequisite of future support you know i'm not here to to talk about that because we don't know what that's going to look like and and we're not we're not policy people but aside from that support thing why do you feel that it's important that
2: you and other farmers have a handle on 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 carbon we've got we've got to have we've got to have a rigid policy there a rigid argument that if somebody comes to us and says how can you be carbon negative or you're footprint low or whatever Net
1: zero Giles that's what they talk net about zero. I was yeah, trying to yeah, remember yeah, that so, so we're going to be net zero right, right. Okay.
2: how do you become net zero if you've got cows emitting so many kilos of methane a day and all this you know what are you doing to mitigate against what your cows are producing in the way of methane. And that's where the carbon audit comes in, that you can prove by what you're sequestering in your grassland, what you're sequestering in your hedges, in your woodland, is all in that, uh, counts ag- up against the problem that you that you have with the methane. Because
1: it's really, I mean, it is really interesting, because, you know, there's the, the tragedy in Ukraine and the, the way the markets for all sorts of things are going... Some consumers are only going to be buying on price, and that's that's just a yep. a, a, a given. Yep. But despite that, we as farmers are still the targets and still going yep. to be... We're always going to face these brickpacks. Yep. We're always going to face this, you know, how can you possibly be net yep. zero, and why don't we just rewild, and we'll get beef or yep. whatever it is, or we'll not even eat beef, but yep. if we do, it will come from the other side of the world. So to, if you like, combat those accusations and 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 that sort of argument we need to know this we need to know it so so we so we we ought to be doing it and if there's if there's going to be a a kind of
2: government payment scheme to help us to do it good if we can get to a point where where the carbon we can hold in the soil and and also produce food protein for the population that's where we need to be we're capturing
1: that carbon Um, and having this
2: output as well. Yeah. So it's a, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. You know, we're producing protein yeah, at a reasonable cost, but at the same time, we're able to look after the natural resource that we have and sequester and hold carbon.
1: Isn't it just a shame to talk about these beautiful ling cattle just in terms of, you know, instead of talking about them in terms of the lovely eating experience and the meat and, yeah. and there was an episode on that as well. We went to to, to Bay services Sorry. and we looked at the you know the, the butchery and, yeah. and what have you and the fantastic eating quality of the meat. But really when it comes down to it, what we need to produce is protein for the for, for the population. Yes.
2: Yeah. And that's what we're yeah. here for.
1: What the Scottish Government are trying to do is encourage farmers to just at least find a benchmark. It's more yeah. and more important. I mean, yeah. you. you I, I think. Did you not say, or your, your carbon audits have been driven, or or at least given you more sort of clout with with buyers? Is that right? Yeah. Is that what you've done yeah. them in the past? I but it's. It is.
2: Yeah, you know, all our finished cattle go to Dovecote Park, and part of their you know on farm audit includes you know. Uh, carbon like you know yeah. and they want to know you know what are you doing in the way of renewables on the farm what are you doing in the way of, of capturing your carbon on the farm you know the order that they're putting forward is the order that you know that comes from the supermarket and it's the customers in the supermarket that are asking about these these things now what are you know what is the farmer doing to mitigate against the methane that the cows we know are producing yeah. we're doing the carbon audit we know how much we're producing. I've seen, as a group I'm in, there's five of us in in that group, three of who are organic, and, and we have the at the moment we have the the lowest carbon footprint out of those five people. You know, not by a lot, but but we are low. Uh, you know, our uh, organic matter is you know in somewhere in the region of between eight and nine percent every time we, you know, doing a test. And you know, I've spoken to arable farmers, and their organic matter. In one case, a farmer told me it was a quarter of one percent is organic.
1: Matter. I was I, I was trying to get my head around that for a second there because I, again, no expert on this, but I think eight or nine percent sounds pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, some of these folk that are, you know, onto the long grass grazing uh, now and and maybe resting longer than we do, you know, they may be getting up into tens, twelves. I think, you know, but I think on the system we're good cooking because we're looking for, you know, both. A, efficiency out of our ground but efficiency out of our cattle as well you know because we you know we've got to produce something in a time span that provides the customer with quality in terms of of eating and gives a good return to us at the same time
1: it's quite ironic we're standing in this field of cattle talking about the carbon and methane emissions and we're just about to interrupt this pod for a an easy jet or whatever it is going overhead probably heading to wherever and you know, like, we, get, we get a lot of brickbats thrown at us do, as farmers.
2: We do, an awful lot, you know. And, and, you know, we're looking all the time just to try and, you know, dissipate what is being thrown at us, like, you know, and we have used seaweed in the past as a, as a general mineral and, you know, keeping our cattle looking well. But now, you know, there's work being done that, you know, that can help with the with the reduction in the methane. So, you know, we're going back to uh, using that again on that basis.
1: I should have said and I referred to earlier, we came here in October last year to talk about the cattle. But if anyone hasn't listened to the episode with Giles um which was put out back in I think it was October twenty twenty one. It was um, an episode for the Ling Cattle Society and and it went down a storm with the listeners. So if you haven't listened already do go back to that and I'll give you a wee bit more background into what happens here at Oakwood Mill. But today we're we're talking about about soils and carbon and I'm just It's a funny thing because you're obviously a major... You know, we're we're talking about it. You can see and you're showing us you're a major advocate of this and it's something that you've been doing since before it was really a a, a thing. There's still some folk that are... Some farmers that are highly cynical about any of this and they're going to be saying, even listening to this, if they are, that it's uh, another hoop that we've got to jump through to justify any support that's going to be coming from government and and, and what the buyers want, etc. But... I'll put my own view onto this, if I might, and see what you think, Giles. It's it's not that at all, it's just, it's about looking after what we've got better, it's about, it's actually also about looking after the asset that we've got better, because I, re- I realise that you, you're you a tenant here, but you've still got to look after the place and, 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 and get the best out of yeah. what's here, and, 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 and maybe it does increase the value or whatever it is, an asset, but it's,
2: if you don't do that, yeah. You may as well go home. It's under our feet. It's a natural product. To my mind, it's an honour and a privilege to be able to look after somebody else's land. But then we're also looking after it for the next generation, the next generation, next generation. Because if we don't look after this, our soils and be able to produce beef or cereals, peas, beans, foodstuffs or whatever, if we're not looking after it now... These soils are just going to get degraded. You know, it's going to take a lot to get them back. And that's time we haven't got. So it's it's keeping in front of the thing now. And to have a scheme that is basically paying for good farm practice, what's not the mm. like?
1: Yeah, I would agree. If you can receive some financial help to do these things, to make sure you're, in, you're, 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 you're following good farm practice all to the good. I just wonder also, though, your tenancy is is whatever the legislation is but it's just kind of secure tenancy but there's a lot of people out there on contract farming and grazing agreements and, and what have you if they really look after what they've got they are actually potentially leaving the place in a better condition than what they've taken it on you know i'm thinking i'll actually step away from the livestock for a wee minute i'm thinking about you know a sort of arable contract farming agreement Shouldn't there be an agreement whereby, you know, if you leave the place, if you go in and the place can do, I don't know, six tonne to the hectare, and you leave it at 12 tonne to the hectare, yeah. it's a
2: tenant's improvement. Yeah, that's right. It is. You know, I, I think that more of this has got to be, be taken in. It doesn't matter if you're a landlord, a tenant, or if you're just a contract farmer coming in to look after a place for a year or three years or five years or whatever. Our duty is to look after the natural amenity that we have below our feet, that we need in order to keep, whether it's an arable business or a livestock business going forward.
1: But actually, the other aspect of what you're doing at the moment, it basically shows the benefit of all that because you've been here, tenancy's been in your name, and you've improved the place. Yeah. But you're now, you're not stepping down, correct me, but you know, you're, the succession plan is in place for yeah. Stuart, your son, yeah. to come on board. Right. Now, how would he feel if he had come on board and he goes, Dad, you've not really made the best of this place, have you? You know, you've sucked the good out of it. You've taken everything out of the soil and you've left me a, you know, a, 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 a wasteland, you know.
2: Yes, but would he have been offered a tenancy if the farm hadn't been looked after to the way it has been looked after for the last 25 years?
1: Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I, that's actually a very good way of looking at it. So, for example, had you been here for 25 years... And mined everything out of the soils and made a mess of it and uh, taken advantage of it. If you had done that, you possibly would have been out on your ear at the end of the agreement, and, and there's no succession Session, plan. Yeah, yeah,
2: you know, I think the estate I've seen that we, you know, what we've done is has been good, you know, in the situation we were in. For them to come and then offer Stuart, you know, a 15 year LDT part of that is on. You know, they can see that the Stuart's been a hard-working person for you know in his in his life up to now, but also there's something here to work. Yeah. And, and it. This in the, good heart. It's in good heart. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I guess I mean you, you you're organic, and, and and we're not. This is you know we're not really particularly talking about organic systems per se. We're talking about looking after the soil and trying to get more from yeah. it in wh- whichever system you're going into, but. Because you're organic in particular, the ratio, if you want to call it that, of of output kilograms of beef going off the place yeah. versus kilograms of anything coming onto yeah, the place, right. yeah. must be quite incredible. Oh, it is. It's uh,
2: you know, it's very little. Yeah. You know, our finished cattle, have, you know, have no cereals through them whatsoever. Like, you know, from that point of view, you know, what we're bringing in is negligible.
1: And, uh, and that you're able to do that because you're making the most of what's here. So yeah. you're making the most of the soil. In a way, that's the number of it. It's all very well saying, you know, perhaps the estate wouldn't have allowed the succession. Perhaps it wouldn't be such a nice place to hand on. Perhaps your buyers wouldn't want the beef if you didn't have carbon audits and soil, et cetera. But at the end of the day, if you think like typical farmer and think in terms of output and yeah. think in terms of what's going into your back pocket, yes doing all of this is actually meaning that you can carry more stock therefore you can sell more stock yes
2: that's exactly it you know i didn't think that we would be able to produce you know the amount of kilograms we're talking about putting off the farm both this year and next year you know i never thought four or five years ago that we would get to that level but you know we are getting to that level now the financial incentive of that you know i just didn't think was would be there
1: Thank you to Giles. That was a brilliant chat. If you haven't already heard it, you can also find Giles talking about link cattle in a previous on-farm episode. And that can be found in your podcast feed. And just a reminder of the offer from the Scottish Government to help you with soil samples and carbon audits under their scheme preparing for sustainable farming. It's a straightforward self-service process with no registration or pre-approvals required. And for full guidance, make sure to visit Rural Payments and Services website and search for Preparing for Sustainable Farming. And we've put a link to that information in this episode's show notes. So that's it from me and bye for now.